0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests.
1: Wayne's World, Wayne's World, party time, excellence. This is Two Millennials, One Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Richmond.
0: And I'm Ethan Gable, and welcome to episode 30,
1: The Big 3 Zero.
0: disclaimer, Abby and I have not been in the same room for a few weeks. We recorded a bunch of episodes before I went on vacation and we were back together for the first time in a while. So who knows how this will go, but I'm sure it will be exciting. (laughs) Hence the intro.
1: You guys, when this comes out, I will be moving in to my freshman dorm and experiencing my first year of college.
0: And when this comes out, I will be in my beginning stages of my seventh year of teaching and my 23rd consecutive year of school, which is super depressing. Ugh. Existential Crisis, live on air. The classic. Today, we are talking about television, millennial style. But before we get started... Please, folks, if you have yet to subscribe to this show, what are you waiting for? Also, check out our Facebook page. Like us. Follow us. Share us. Absolutely. The
1: share part's the most important part.
0: We get the most traction. We get the most views, the most listens if you just share it. Find a post of ours, find a podcast that you like, and just share it to Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, wherever. You, as the listener, control whether our show gets listened to or not. Spread it around.
1: Yeah, do that.
0: All right, as I said previously, we are talking about TV, and we're going to approach this through a few different angles. We're going to talk about the TV we grew up watching, and we're also going to talk about what was happening in television around that time. We're going to talk about current television trends. We're just going to talk about what TV means to our generation. We're going to start off with how lucky we are to be born when we were. In the 90s, TV exploded. It became a golden era of television. You went from pretty much three channels to this concept of cable or premium channels, and all kinds of things started happening. Happening. You got this more advanced programming as far as, oh, here's a channel for kids or here's a channel about food versus here are three network stations that show sports and the news and all of these things at once. I feel blessed, I guess, that I was born in that era where if I wanted to watch cartoons all day, there was a channel that showed cartoons all day. Do you feel lucky that you were born in this time?
1: Well, like, I don't ever really remember the before that. I don't remember the three channel thing. That wasn't ever in my existence. And that
0: wasn't in any millennials existence. We're viewing this from a historical perspective. Uh... Whereas we, for the most part, if you're a millennial, you became cognizant at a time when there were multiple channels. But what we don't realize is right before then, you pretty much had three choices or you were buying some. uh, I mean, HBO has been around since the 70s. Maybe your parents were buying those. But we didn't realize how lucky we were. At age five, my mom turns on Cartoon Network and I watch Yogi Bear reruns. I I just thought that was how TV was. But now that I'm older, I realize kids 10 years before me, they didn't have that luxury. That just did not exist.
1: Scooby-Doo was my existence growing up.
0: Absolutely, and if you wanted to watch Scooby-Doo back in the 70s, you had to wait for that exact moment when that would come on, that one channel. With Cartoon Network and Boomerang and some of these other channels we get, that became a lot easier to track down. I mean, even things like the TV guide and knowing when things were going to be on, we had it lucky as far as television is concerned.
1: My grandma's house had that. She'd keep it in her little side drawer next to the TV stand in between them, and she kept the TV guide in the little drawer, and I'd have to flip through it, and I always thought it was the worst.
0: It's pretty archaic these days, but yeah, that was the lifeline of if you wanted to watch something specific, you would look it up in the TV Guide, and then they started putting it in newspapers, and eventually came the TV Guide channel, which I don't know if you ever had the blessing Mm -hmm. to watch that, where it just scrolled what was on local TV over and over and over again. My dad would just click onto that when there was nothing on, and he just let that sucker run (laughs) for hours and hours and hours, trying to find something to watch but nothing ever came on. I saw way too much of that
1: and like usually a little jewelry sale thing would be going on above it
0: right and then they started putting ads above it and talk shows and then eventually tv guide channel just quit showing the tv listings and just became its own channel and now it's gone but that was just a weird weird thing that we experienced growing up of how we found out what was on tv now those aren't things that current children experience it's like you want to watch scooby-doo all right i'm going to put on eight hours of scooby-doo for Mm -hmm. you enjoy your scooby-doo different times for sure but as i was saying i feel blessed that we were born when we were born as far as TV is concerned. The advent of cable, they came out with specific channels like Food Network, Cartoon Network, MTV, all of these things. If you had a passion or an interest, you could probably find a channel that fits that.
1: MTV has changed so much since its birth. Oh,
0: no doubt. And that causes a lot of ire among, I wouldn't say millennials, usually the generation before that remember when MTV was solely music videos.
1: Because that's what it's supposed to be. Right, music television. I don't think there's any music on MTV anymore. Does MTV even exist?
0: MTV still exists. As far as I know, it's still showing like reality shows and that type of thing that it shifted to. But when we were growing up, MTV still had music associated with it.
1: Pop-up video.
0: Yeah, that VH1 pop-up yeah. video. Sure, there was still music on those music channels. With MTV, they had a show called TRL, Total Request Live, where they would play the top 10 songs or whatever of that week. And they would have musical guests and whatnot. But you're right, MTV dramatically limited their music content. It became more of a channel for teens and young adults.
1: Like Teen Wolf and Jersey Shore and
0: definitely some of that trash yeah for sure
1: catfish
0: well that's a decent show but I know what you're saying <laughs> so yeah TV exploded as I said besides cable in the 90s you got access if you wanted to, to satellite television which I don't know if you ever had satellite television but that blew cable out of the water
1: I don't know what the difference is so, so
0: like dish network is
1: that the one that lets you have 3,000 channels yes okay so I have that
0: okay so yeah when we got that as a child that just rocked my world I could not understand that NASA had a TV channel where you could just watch a picture of the earth all the time. Soccer channels, 48 million sports channels. Like I said, this was an interesting, exciting time as far as television's concerned. We didn't realize it as millennials. We just thought it was normal. But if you just think back a few years, that didn't exist. We were on the cutting edge of that proliferation of television content. Before we move on to specific Shows that millennials watched as they grew up. I've thought about this, this interesting phenomenon. What happened to you, the size of your television as you grew up?
1: Well, I had a huge TV growing up. It was on this like giant box thing. It was probably the size of this table. You guys can't see my hands, but it was kind of tall and it was. But huge. it was
0: thick, right? Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, so you probably came in right at that time when we started getting big screens, but they weren't flat. Everyone has this concept of a big flat screen. Those big screen TVs were massive. They had tubes in them. They were hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Oh yeah. If you drive around town at the right time, you'll see people getting rid of those and moving to the flat screens. Where I was born obviously a little earlier than Abby was. I remember having TVs that had the turn dial on them. You would manually turn your TV to these channels and it program in. I remember antenna TV and then we moved up and we got the bigger and bigger TVs and they got heavier and heavier and heavier. And then God bless, we got to the 2010s and whatnot and have these flat screen beauties that are like 200 bucks.
1: I didn't have a flat screen until like 2014, 2015.
0: I agree. My family was really slow. We had one of those big old honking TVs too. And they kept that for a long time. It worked, but the transfer to flat screen was a good one. I mean, even in college, I had a big old, probably 32 inch, but it wasn't flat. It was a big, big, box TV. Oh my
1: gosh, that would take up so much room in a dorm room. It
0: did. It took up the entire dresser. I had to carry it up several flights of stairs and multiple times. We just threw it away the other day. The trash man took it, but...
1: (laughs) We just got a smart TV and it's the coolest thing ever.
0: It's nice not having all the boxes and the DVD players yeah. and stuff and you just have your TV and you stream from it and it's the end. Yeah, because like like,
1: you don't need a DVD player or VHS or a cable box because who needs cable? And- right,
0: and that's another thing to bring up there. Growing up in the 90s and the 2000s, not necessarily TV, but we were big on VHS. Everyone had their oh, yeah. like Disney movies and the clamshells and that type of thing. And that's a lost art. I mean, if you find an uh, elementary school kid today and you show them a Little Mermaid VHS, they're going to have no idea what that is.
1: Or like the Orange Rugrats one. That's a classic.
0: definitely. All of Nickelodeon's VHSs were orange. I thought that was really cool. Millennial kids would definitely recognize that, but that's a lost art, those VHSs.
1: There were always three when I went to my grandma's house and it was like the tangerine bear and then that movie about the toaster and the vacuum cleaner? Brave
0: Little Toaster? Yeah!
1: I don't remember what the other one was.
0: Yeah, we had quite a hefty collection of VHS. We had a lot of Disney movies. That's what you watched. If nothing good was on TV, awesome. Pop in a VHS and watch that. And then obviously we transferred to the DVD situation. And now we're past all of that. But collecting movies, that was a thing. That was a part of millennial childhood of getting movies that you liked. And now they're completely worthless and you can't sell them. And it's a waste of materials, but you'll have that. Yeah. Bye. As far as millennials themselves and TV content, the millennial generation kind of spans into multiple sections of TV. You have the early millennials that it would be all about quote unquote 90s shows. Oh yeah. Talking Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Full House, Married with Children. What else was on during that time? Well, some of
1: those spill into the middle generation. Absolutely. Fresh Prince, I still watched. And I don't know, I definitely still watched Full House, but some of them I didn't watch. Didn't ever watch that.
0: Yeah, good call. Doug's on my list here. And that's a great thing to point out. You and I, we're on the back half of the millennials. The only reason we know these shows and like these shows is because of the idea of a rerun. Yeah. They showed these shows all the way through the decade. So we were able to see them too. So I felt like I was growing up with Doug and I didn't realize that Doug, those were released in 1992, where I'm watching them in 1997, type of thing. But they felt like new TV, felt like new shows. And that's where we become associated with these. So these 90 shows, as a big component of millennial television.
1: A lot of them played late at night when you were supposed to be asleep and you were downstairs because you fell asleep. Sure. Air quotes on the couch and then you can still watch him like George Lopez. Or... Definitely.
0: Some of those shows that were intended maybe for a little older audience or for teenagers yeah. and you're like seven watching Boy Meets World and they're yes. talking about like <laughs> unplanned pregnancies and you're like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, totally understand that and that's how I saw a lot of those shows too. I'm weirdly nostalgic for a lot of the old Nickelodeon shows simply because i saw them as a young child as reruns i'd never caught them in their original running more or less like all that
1: i loved all that yeah
0: it's a great hilarious show hey, keenan yeah, and kel yeah. some of those were before i started watching tv but they re-ran them and I, I like them i still like them if i can get a hold of them i always watch them if i get the chance also millennial television would include the early 2000s shows the ones that most millennials were watching as they were on tv the The Amanda Show is a great example. Scrubs, American Idol, Arrested Development. Yeah, a lot of good shows. Lost, How I Met Your Mother, Grey's Anatomy, The Office. These were all important shows in the early 2000s. And that's the crux of millennial television. You remember the 90s stuff and you remember the early 2000s stuff. And all those shows I listed are fantastic.
1: Oh, yeah. All those shows have regained so much hype. Like if you talk about The Office and somebody doesn't know what you're talking about, they get crucified.
0: That's what I keep going back to. This is a really interesting time to be alive and We truly don't understand and recognize it because we lived through the entirety of it. But I'm thinking if I was born in the 70s or 60s, I would just be in awe of what TV provides, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's so different. Thinking of back in the day, you had three channels, ABC, NBC, CBS. Those are your choices. And then now if you want to, you can have 3000 channels. You can have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. You can have YouTube TV. You can have anything you want. That's wild.
1: There's so much content out there. It's
0: overwhelming. It really is. Not that there wasn't a lot of content before, but now it just exploded. You can find older people passionate about like, oh, Green Acres was the best show. (laughs) Yeah, that's Diane. (laughs) Yeah, we think about our parents and the shows they like. Those have a place in culture and society. That kind of ran into millennials as well. There were reruns of that stuff. It's like Happy Days. I don't know how many episodes of Happy Days I've seen as a kid. The Wonder Years. Some stuff that was the before The Twilight us. Zone. Twilight Zone. Absolutely. So not only do we get this really cool television that came out in our generation. Oh, MASH. MASH. Great show. We get all this stuff from our parents' generation even before. Kids now, even younger than us, are blessed. They have everything and more. They have current stuff, our stuff. Our parents' stuff. You could never run out of television to watch. If you're ever like, God, there's nothing on Netflix to watch, bowl. Like, oh, yeah. You, you can find something. There's so much cool stuff out there.
1: All the ones you listed of the like early 2000s stuff, they're like necessary to watch to be someone in society today. For like, sure. Like Lost and Friends and... Friends of oh, I met your mother. One. Absolutely.
0: And... and The Office, I mean, think how many times that's quoted day in and day out. And if you haven't seen Every The Office, day. you're out of the loop. Who are you? Exactly. I don't recognize you as a person. <laughs> that brings me to a tangent, but on the plane back from Seattle a couple days ago, they handed me a tablet and they had a few shows on it. You get to watch them and The Office was on there. And I was like, oh, shouldn't do this. <laughs> I clicked an episode and watched it. And guess what I'm doing now? I'm rewatching The Office for like the 400th time. Beautiful show. And that show will be the show that the younger generation, the Gen Zers, the kids in school now, that will be the ones they think back on. that They weren't alive yeah. for the airing, but that's important to who they are. Yeah. They're nostalgic for it. Whereas we lived it. I remember watching that as it came out
1: the number of tinder bios that have an office quote in them
0: sure or just the amount of people that think they're jim and pam and this is their life just that comparison (laughs) i'm guilty of it too it's a beautiful beautiful story but what a great show yeah we're blessed to have lived through and been able to see that it's fantastic we can credit all of these shows for current things, but you can credit The Office for things like Parks and Recreation and all these mockumentary shows. That was really important to current television. That led the way to what some of the people are watching these days, this new stuff. And you can say that about any of those shows. Scrubs, Arrested Development, American Idol, the whole concept mm. of reality television, that came out while millennials were growing yeah, up like and watching the TV. The Voice
1: and X Factor and Definitely. anything comes from America.
0: I remember I was 10 and the show Survivor came out. And then now there's that was huge. That was giant. Yeah. The whole country was on edge watching like who's going to win this. And that Richard Hatch guy won. It was like a really crazy deal. But that changed things. And there are all these shows now, these competition shows, and they're cheap and easy to make. But that defined a whole subgenre of television that people are passionate about. All right. I found, and this was released rather recently, the top 10 shows that millennials preferred. This was a study by YouGov, and we cite them a lot. And this list, I fundamentally disagree with. There's some stuff on here that I'm just like, what? What?
1: Wait, wait, pause. Did you ever fill out those one TV things that you would get money for? Nielsen
0: surveys? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I do it all the time.
1: Are those still a thing?
0: They are still a thing. Oh. Have you ever done one?
1: Yeah, I did it once.
0: If you don't know what the Nielsen surveys are, you open up an envelope in your mailbox and it's full of money and it's like, hey- fill out this survey. Or here's a TV diary, write down everything you watch during the week. And what they do with this, Nielsen's a huge company, is they collect all of these diaries of like, oh, I watched The Office, season four, episode one on NBC at four o'clock. They record all of that information. And what happens is TV companies use Nielsen's survey results to decide whether should we keep producing this show? Should we cancel this show? It actually is a very powerful tool to shape tv
1: there was this show on the cw that they canceled after one season that literally broke my heart
0: and there are tales of that there are shows that people were really passionate about they got canceled way too soon i think of firefly i've never seen it but yeah
1: everybody's pissed about everyone firefly loved
0: firefly a sci-fi show on fox
1: do your list
0: back to this list of the top 10 shows that millennials enjoyed The number one show, and I agree with this, I watched a lot of this, is The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air.
1: Watched a ton of that, especially when nothing was on.
0: Sure, if you're getting home at 9 p.m., 10 p.m., and you're like, oh, I don't want to go to bed, you turn on the TV, that's inevitably on. Nickelodeon had the rights to the reruns of that, and they showed that a lot. I've probably seen all the episodes of that. It's pretty enjoyable. All of them? I'm pretty Sure.
1: Oh my gosh, not same. The thing that I wish that I could do is watch them from beginning to end. That's not a thing that's on Netflix, is it?
0: Correct. I do not believe that's yeah. on Netflix. The nice thing about watching TV consistently, as bad as this is to admit, let's say you watch, and this is back in the past, but you watched Fresh Prince of Bel-Air every night that it was being rerun. They would typically rerun them in order. So, oh, did they really? Yeah, so oh. like, I would watch it Tuesday night, and then if I caught the rerun on Wednesday, it would be picking up where the other one left off or it would be in oh. order. Oh. <gasps>
1: Another one that wasn't listed that I definitely remember watching is The Nanny.
0: Ooh, that's a great 90s show. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Fran Drescher is a hoot. Very annoying voice, but I enjoyed this show. Can you got the theme song in your yeah. head? The Nanny. The,
1: the flushing Girl from flushing, The Nanny named Fran.
0: Yeah, I watch that all the time. It's a good one. Number two on the list is The Simpsons, and I'm fine with that being there as well. I watched a lot of The Simpsons. I forced my parents for birthdays and Christmases to buy me the seasons on DVD, which I regret because they're in entirely worthless now, but hugely influential show. I was
1: never allowed to watch that one. I remember it being like a hype thing and in the movie theaters one time there was a giant donut or something. Yeah, the Simpsons movie? Yeah. I don't think it's anything I would enjoy watching
0: it's interesting humor it's a tamer version of family guy it's more socially relevant it'll talk about current events that type of thing it's a sitcom is, is what it the is
1: simpsons the one that happens to like predict things that happen yeah,
0: they have a weird prediction streak yeah like trump being president they yeah. predicted that i mean that's bound to happen i think that's Do-do-do. the longest running <laughs> television show is the simpsons so if you have had 30 episodes a year you're probably bound to predict some things is it good i enjoy it
1: i don't I like the fact that they're freaking yellow and weird. I don't like that.
0: Yeah, you get over that pretty quickly. Some people like it, some people don't. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate The Simpsons. It's worth checking out. If you want to borrow any season, hit me up, Abby. I will loan those out to you. You can get your DVD player out and watch them. Number three, Jeopardy.
1: I watched this occasionally. I don't think I ever watched a whole thing all the way through.
0: I will admit, I have a guilty pleasure for Jeopardy. I love that show. I would go over to my grandmother's house every single day and watch Jeopardy with her. So I've seen a lot of those episodes too. Relatively enjoyable. I'm surprised it's on this list. I can't believe a lot of millennials are like, dude, I don't think Jeopardy. that's a
1: millennial thing.
0: It's usually an old person thing, but this was a survey of millennials and they're like, dude, hit me up with some Jeopardy. Number four was America's Funniest Home Videos. Yes. Which has some nostalgic 90s kid feel to it. Bob Saget used to host that. No,
1: no. I watched it when the other guy hosted it.
0: Ooh, Who else hosted that?
1: Tom Bergeron. Tom
0: Bergeron. Yeah, I saw some of that as well. Now
1: the guy that played Carlton hosts it. No
0: way. From Fresh Prince of Uh Bel-Air? Wow. Full circle there, Abby. Yeah. Number five is Friends.
1: Okay, I've never bought into the hype of Friends. I don't like it. I don't either. too mundane. I hate, what's her name? Monica Geller. What's her real life name? I hate her. She's just annoying. Courtney Cox. Yes, (laughs) can't stand her.
0: You like Jennifer Aniston though? Well enough. Yeah, not my favorite show. I know people think that's the greatest thing ever. I tried to watch it and just could not get into it.
1: I think that's another one like Gossip Girl or How I Met Your Mother that you have to watch to be accepted a in a true culture. part of the generation. Yeah. I
0: agree, and I blatantly disrespect that. I cannot watch that still, but I agree. It's important. Because
1: there's so many things that like how you doing sure. and like the pivot thing. Sure, and then and- the
0: comparison there of like, oh, everyone wants to be Ross and Rachel with their relationships, just like Jim and Pam. There's a place for that. And yeah. I agree. That's a quintessential.
1: I would not like to be Ross and Rachel. They had a very trivial relationship.
0: <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, you're right. It's a quintessential millennial show. Yeah, I just I don't vouch for it, but apparently the rest of millennials do. Such that's five. Number six, I vehemently disagree with this Wheel of Fortune. No, nope. I hate that show. I've always said that if there's a hell. <laughs> the televisions will only play wheel of fortune that'll be my what personal if you, punishment.
1: you're the contestant on wheel of fortune Ooh, all of the time that
0: would be better than having to watch it for sure but number seven and this has some nostalgia with it for sure number seven the price is right
1: i did never watch that one either these are why are there so many game shows on this apparently, list apparently
0: millennials loved game shows no
1: i hate game shows <laughs> okay just kidding i like family feud
0: there's some good ones is that on here family feud is not on there. no
1: i love family feud
0: Number eight on Millennials Favorite Shows, SNL.
1: I love SNL. Recently, though, it's just become a bunch of sketches about Donald Trump and Alec Baldwin, and I think it's kind of boring now. But there are certain eras of SNL that are really, really good.
0: Yeah, SNL definitely operates in waves. They have some really good years and some bad years, and it's all truly dependent on the cast. And We, yeah. got, we got lucky growing up because we had like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Keenan Thompson. We had a good core cast, I like Andy Samberg.
1: I like the guy who does the Weekend Update or who used to do the weekend update
0: oh seth meyers yeah yeah he was good and all of the people from that court cast that we grew up with are now doing their own movies and doing their own things for sure but that was a high time for snl Number nine on this list of millennials' favorite shows is House.
1: Is that the one with the broken leg doctor guy? It it is. Okay, so my mom got really into that show before she got into Bones. Hmm. And he just like, he pisses me off as a person. Um, He's douchey. Yeah, but I think it's a good show. I'm really into all of those crime shows. Like Buffy was the beginning of that. But now it's like Criminal Minds and Bones and all of those. Those are like my jam.
0: Yeah, and number 10 to round out the top 10. favorite shows of Millennials, Family Guy. No. Do you not like Family Guy?
1: Okay, I like some of the funnies in Family Guy, but I think they're too vulgar for my taste and humor. humor. But I don't know. I also don't like some of the fact of they make fun of things that I wouldn't necessarily make fun of. The dark humor and the dirty humor. I'm not a fan of that.
0: That is one thing about Family Guy is they're incredibly ruthless. They will make fun of almost anything. Yeah, I can't and handle And pretty that. savagely. Kind of like South Park. That's another huge yeah. show of millennials. Uh, there's really no boundaries. And they're pretty rough.
1: And their voices are all really annoying. I could see that. Like, Bob's Burgers is the same thing with me. I hate all of their voices.
0: That's fair. Adult cartoons aren't for everybody. But Family Guy is definitely a huge one. And, I mean, a lot of people watched it. That was something else that was canceled way too early. Family
1: Guy is cancelled?
0: No, Family Guy was cancelled after like three seasons. What? Yeah. It got cancelled pretty early on. I'm not for sure if that's exactly the time. And then what happened was Adult Swim bought the rights to it. Started showing it and it got really popular among the millennials that were staying up late at night watching Adult Swim. So Fox brought it back and it's been on for years now. So has
1: it always been on the same channel? Yeah,
0: Fox has always been the one that made it but uh, it was thanks to Adult Swim that actually got it popular again enough to bring back. All right, so those are the ten millennials shows. I agree with about half of them, but I don't, I don't speak even, for the entire generation. I wouldn't even give generation. Half of them. Yeah, I could see that. And you're coming from a, a younger millennial yeah. perspective for sure. Final thing I want to bring up, where do you think we're at now with television? Do you think it's better than it was when we're growing up? You can answer this anyway as far as content, as say. far as availability, as far as access. What do you think?
1: I think that content-wise, we are so much more advanced because if I wanted to watch a soccer game in Paraguay, I couldn't do that growing up, but I have access to all of those weird sports and like team handball. I can watch that if I want to. So I think that there are definitely more things available. I think cable TV is almost obsolete.
0: I agree. Everything's going to streaming. TV has evolved quite a bit in the last 10 years or so. I wouldn't say it's any worse, but you're right. The evasion availability is way better if you can pretty much watch whatever you want as long as you have the right streaming services if I wanted to go find some obscure movie I could probably go find it same with a tv show things have changed also on just the front of weekly availability if there was a show you really liked let's say you really like Scrubs and you wanted to watch it you had to wait yeah we don't live in that scenario anymore now it's when is Netflix dropping all 30 of those episodes yeah it's a different scenario
1: when Netflix dropped a series of unfortunate event season two I watched all of them in one season
0: Right. And you 30 years ago, you would have to take 13 weeks to do that. I
1: couldn't handle that. Right.
0: This delayed gratification thing's gone. We like the (laughs) instant gratification, but it's a different time. That's good for some people. It is kind of nice that if you want to watch more than one episode of The Office, you can just do it. You don't have to wait week after week.
1: How do you feel about Netflix creating its own content and not just displaying others?
0: Here's what I'm afraid of. Netflix content is about, I would say, 80 20. In the idea that 80% of it is crap and 20% of it is good. Oh, really? Yes. There are some great Netflix shows. Love some of the stuff. Punch is the New
1: Black. Perfect. Series of Unfortunate Events. Great. Both TV shows that we just listed. Yeah. Netflix originals.
0: Correct. House of Cards. There are some fantastic Netflix shows, but there are also. Isn't Making a Murderer
1: a Netflix one? Yeah.
0: And Netflix is great on documentaries, they have some awesome stuff. I'm not bashing Netflix. Netflix specifically. I'm just saying they have some not so great stuff out there. If you start digging, there's some questionable content. The problem with that is they are getting less and less material from other sources. A, because it's super expensive. B, because they're trying to form their own brand. Well,
1: I hate that because what else are we going to do?
0: That's where we're headed with TV. Time Warner, all of the stuff they make, you're going to have to get the Time Warner app or streaming service to watch. Oh, that's Disney, you're going to have to get the Disney stuff to watch Disney. Fox, you're gonna have to get the Fox stuff to watch Fox. That's gonna Sports be so
1: lame. You're gonna have to
0: get the St. Louis Cardinals television app to watch their thing. And that's the problem of where we're headed is you're gonna have to buy ninety five different services to watch all of well, this Well,
1: and to download the CW or the M T V app, you have to have them through your cable provider. And if you and don't so have I can't, cable yeah, so I can't watch those, which makes me really mad because what if I wanna watch The Flash or what if I want to watch Catfish or Teen Wolf? I can't watch Teen Wolf because I don't have the M T V app.
0: Right. And that's the thing is these content creators are starting to hoard their materials they don't want to put it on netflix anymore they want you to pay them to watch it opposed to netflix paying them to watch it because they're going to get more money from more people if they all have to have these separate Because there are
1: so many shows that i wish i could watch but they aren't on netflix
0: there will be a point where when you have netflix you only have netflix content or when you have amazon prime you only have prime content And then how are you going to get Disney movies? Well, then you're going to have to get the Disney app. That's
1: going to suck.
0: That's going to get expensive. And that's why when I asked you, hey, is TV better now or is it worse now? I think the last five years or so when we have access to everything, I don't think that's always going to be the case. I think we're going to look back at this moment fondly. Yeah. I think in five years time, we're going to be like, my God, I wish Netflix Mm -mm. still had these other shows on it. And I wish Hulu was still $7.99 a month. I think we're headed to a time where it's going to be harder to acquire content.
1: Love Simon is six dollars on Amazon, and it's a dollar at Redbox.
0: Right, there's still a need for DVDs, and that's the thing too. More people are going to go back to those older technologies as it gets harder and harder to stream whatever you want. We're going to be using Redbox. You know, yeah. we're going to be digging out DVDs and VHSs to watch. Well, because Netflix
1: used to send you DVDs like Redbox does. You can still get them. Really? Yep. Oh my! My gosh. mom does
0: it. I think we're leaving a golden age of television. I hope it's not like that, but I think the next few years, it's going to get harder to watch what you want to, or it's going to cost more money anyway. Maybe
1: it, we'll find something else to do productive. Then
0: watch TV? Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll have a podcast about, I don't know, walking or reading <laughs> books, you know, something good for you.
1: I'm currently listening to an audiobook.
0: Audiobooks are great. No big deal. Podcasts are great. <laughs> it's another form of entertainment and it's free. You get to hear us for free. How great is that? For
1: now. Just kidding. Yeah,
0: we're going to start charging $8.99 a month. Two Millennials, one podcast streaming service. Two Mm -hmm.
1: Millennials, one podcast app. Pay for it.
0: (laughs) It's $8 in the app store. (laughs) But you get unlimited content after you buy it. Oh, my dude, that was good. That was a good conversation. You got a song pick of the week for me?
1: Silver Lining by Mount Joy.
0: Mm, I haven't heard of that one.
1: Do you know the band? I do not. I like them.
0: For my song pick of the week, since school is about to start, I'm getting in that emo, depressing (laughs) phase. So I picked a song about having your heart just ripped open by a girl. It's called December by Neck Deep. Thanks for checking us out, folks. I hope you enjoyed this as much as we enjoyed making it for you. Please have a stellar week. And don't forget to share this podcast with everybody you know.
1: Hang loose. Stay
0: milky.